Happy Sunday, everybody. Welcome on in. It is Fighters Fury here on 790 The Ticket. Hot damn, what an awesome night that was. UFC 245. What a main event. Absolutely fantastic. Three title fights last night. Stack card. A lot of prospects looking good as well. It was a great, great Saturday night, everybody. A great way to round out the UFC year, basically, uh, when you have the the final the final pay-per-view that was. Um, and I think that that matchup turned out everything, everything was, everybody was hoping it would be. It was closely contested, heated, a little bit dirty. Uh, it, it was, uh, it was, it was beautiful, man. It was a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful fight between Kamar Usman and Colby Covington. Uh, and, and Kamar comes out on top. I whiffed on that one. I thought that it would, if you were going to talk about down the stretch, you know, who was going to come through. Uh, in in a match of in a match of volume and a match of will, I thought that Colby just had the slightest of slightest edge, and I was dead wrong because when it came down to it, and it looked like Colby might have been pulling this thing out in the fifth round, uh, Kamal comes with an absolute bomb to drop. Colby Covington hurts him with an already broken jaw that he had in that bout, and ends up finishing the fight. It was uh, it was a great performance by Kamal. I mean, really, just uh, an absolute cherry on top for him. He had a great performance to win the championship. He has an unbelievable performance to defend the championship. Uh, you got yourself a hell of a champion in this guy, man. He's an absolute, absolute monster. He's an absolute monster. He's a he's a, he's a good dude, and it, you just see that he's just getting better with every time he gets out there. To think where he was just a couple of years ago, uh, not only just uh, with his standing in the UFC, where nobody would seemingly want to fight him. But was in a spot where, like, you know, the boss is calling him out and Dana White doesn't love his style. To see where he is now, where it just looks like he's just such a well-polished product of a champion. Uh, what a performance by him, man. He's he's absolutely dynamic. Uh, doesn't seemingly have a hole. He's very strong. Um, it, it, you could definitely tell if you're going out there, you're breaking dude's jaws and you're stopping him with body shots and you're 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 reading the distance with these with these front kicks. I mean, he's just he's turned himself into such a, just a well-rounded fighter. Um and it was a great fight, man. It was a great great fight between those two. Um what looked like the two best welterweights on the planet. It really did. I know that was said at one point in the broadcast and I, and I totally agree. Like we saw how how closely uh contested it was between both of them. Um really tough rounds of score. There was this is the one thing I would say. A lot of people had issue at the end of the fight with with a judge having it 3-1 uh, Colby Covington. Um, and, you know, I watched the fight again this morning. It's just like sometimes 3-1 sounds a lot worse than it is. And while it would have been terrible to see a score, to see uh, Kamala get screwed like that, you could kind of see it. If you were watching and, and if you're watching this fight and you were going – round by round, you kind of just end up in that spot. And you're like, I, I kind of can see it. You know, it's not where I had it. It's not where I had it going going into the fifth round. I actually had it even. I had it even going into into the fifth round. But, you know, 3-1 to a guy who looks like he's, he's, he's getting the best of, especially after we had, you know, such a dominant third round. Uh, all of us as viewers know that the guy's jaw is broken. Uh, you don't know that Usman knows that, but but Kobe had a good Kobe had a good bounce back round in the fourth round. Uh, had some really really big shots. I know Kamara got his 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 in as well, 
And that was the thing with these two is I think that they were throwing so much and, and you have so much chaos going between them. I, I think as a judge, I've, I think you can, you can understand why it ends up in such a wacky spot. I think it was probably best off that as you got into the fifth round, you probably had it 3-1 Usman or 2-2. Uh, you know, 3-1 Colby is probably the least likely scorecard you could have. But because of how close that fight was, this is actually one where I don't, I don't want to crush the judges on it because – of how much, how much, excuse the pun, but how much chaos was actually going on in that fight. Those guys were, were, were throwing with bad intentions the entire time. They were throwing all kinds of shots. Uh, the, it just it seemed like the action never, ever stopped between the two of them. And this is coming from two wrestlers. But you're at a point where why even see what that skill set was? And that's the funny thing is you have the two best wrestlers in the division going at it with one another. And there's not a takedown to be seen not a takedown not a clinch not nothing it's all it, it's all just in the middle of the octagon and throwing fists elbows kicks and and that's that and that's that so it was uh it, it, it was a great performance by by Kamara to to come through though man like he I mean it, it's not it's not out of the realm that he needed that finish um it, the way that he got just to, to just to receive all that because Kobe was coming on like wildfire in that fifth round and and to hit, to to get the finish the way he did with what that rivalry was these guys don't like each other man they don't like each other uh, it's it's been it's been a long time coming not even just with the the lead up of this fight but with everything and for him to finish it the way he did with that big shot to drop Kobe not just once but twice and then finish on top with Mark Goddard having to stop it. Uh, I didn't have a problem with the stoppage. I know, uh, you know, Colby's coming out there and he's going, oh, fake, fake ref, fake news, fake eye poke, fake groin shot. The groin shot, he was right. That that wasn't that wasn't a groin shot. But the pokes, the pokes were uh, were pokes. I mean, there's 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 no doubt about that. Um, I thought Mark Gardner did a good did a did a good job officiating that fight. But those guys uh, put on a hell of a show, a, a real real great show for what was, uh, you know. It, it puts it in an interesting spot right now, this welterweight division, on where things go next because you have a fight that that's good. I think the immediate uh, the immediate thought is, all right, you should run that back. We should see that. We should see that again. Um, I do think that that fight definitely warrants a rematch seeing as how good the fight was. Could it be that good the next time? That's I don't know. I mean, what? Why wouldn't it? Because both of those guys present the skill sets that they do, and we already kind of have the feeling that neither one is going to take the other down. So there's not going to be any lull in the action for five rounds. Um, so I think a rematch would would be warranted. The interesting thing right now with Camaro is, um, you know, it's 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 his world right now, and I I don't. He's he's also in the spot where, you know, he is. He's so damn good, but he's also probably like the least, uh, the least sexy of all of of all the the big names at 170. So, like, what makes sense for him, and why don't why doesn't anybody want to fight him? I mean, like, we're in this position right now with Jorge Masvidal, who uh, is seemingly in line for the title, and even Kamara is just like, yeah, and and he's 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 not he's not hot on the fight. Uh, Hori Masvidal's not on the fight because he's he's going after big money fights. And I get it with Masvidal. Like, look, uh, I, I said this a, a few weeks ago on this show when it came to the welterweight championship. 
Um, I get why Jorge Masvidal wants to go and fight the Nick Diaz's of the world and the Conor McGregor's of the world. He's been fighting for, for nearly two decades, and he wants to make as much cash as possible. So if you have the opportunity to fight a Nick Diaz, make a lot more money, probably have a way better chance to win um, in, a, in an easier matchup against a guy who hasn't fought in five years, or you have to fight Kamar Usman, who is an absolute monster, um, who is, who's, who's well-rounded, who's at the peak of his powers right now, and also it's probably not going to do as well business-wise. I mean, the, in the end, these guys are prize fighters, so I get it. But this comes from as a, as a person who is uh, a, a fan of the fighter. I don't necessarily always th- – like, when you're watching games, you don't necessarily always think about what are the prizes – that these guys are going for. You just want to see good fights and you want to see your guy have big accomplishments. You know, I you know, I want all, all, all the fighters to be to be fruitful and have great careers, but I also want the fighters that I root for to to reach the highest heights. You know, I don't think about in free agency, I don't think about well, Bam is gonna go and get himself a max contract after this. I want Bam Adebayo to win the championship for the Miami Heat. I hope Bam Adebayo gets a max contract and I hope that he gets all the riches, but first and foremost in in my hope as a sports fan is that they have accomplishments that make you feel good. I mean that's kind of the selfishness and the uh, of being a sports fan and fanatic. So while I understand on the business side of it why Masvidal wants to go and do a fight for more money, as a guy who wants to see Jorge Masvidal, our guy down here in South Florida, what I want to see him do is go win the championship, go be the champion of the damn world. And I'm not saying that those things are exclusive. Like, he could go fight Nick Diaz and go fight Conor McGregor, and then I guess down the line one day could fight Kamar Usman. But right now, you're you're looking at a spot where, well, who's who are the contenders? And, you know, Kamar could go out there afterwards and he could throw out Leon Edwards all he wants. It's like, all right, yeah, we could go, we could do a Leon Edwards, but, you know, George's above him in the rankings. And, and <clears throat> you say, well, Leon's won, won seven straight. I guess. I mean, we could. Be, he's won seven straight, but you know he doesn't have that signature. I think if you go beat Tyron Woodley and something like that, like that was, you know, that that would probably be like the actual stamp on going forth and saying that that guy is absolutely next. Or if he goes and beats Covington, there's obviously a pass between Leon Edwards and Jorge Masvidal. So I suppose that that could be a, a number one contendership. But if you're Jorge Masvidal and 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 you've heard of the stories about his negotiations, he has a title fight. That's supposed to be guaranteed to him. So I just think from my standpoint, um, I want I want to see that very much, but it definitely seems like both of those two are not seeing eye to eye on on making that a possibility between Usman and Masvidal. I got a chance to speak with uh with Kamaro this week, uh, and I did get a chance to ask him about the Hori Masvidal situation. Now mind you, this was before the fight happened. This was uh midweek. And just getting his gauge on where he thinks uh, Jorge stands in getting a title shot. Because, look, not dull it. He knows uh, Kamal trains down here. Jorge trains down here. Um, it's uh, it, it's, it's that, that same kind of like they're, they're very aware of where things are. So when I got the answer that I did from Usman, I was a little taken aback. Obviously, down here in South Florida, and, and Jorge Masvidal's fame has, has risen a lot. Um, but he doesn't seem like you know he is putting the title as a high priority, even though he's a top contender. What do you make of of his you know I guess stand recently of 
you know, he'd rather fight the big names, the Nick Diaz's, the Conor McGregor's, rather than go for the belt, which, you know, he does seem to be in line for uh, following whoever comes out on top on, on Saturday night. Well, first of all, I don't think uh, whoever his name is, I don't think he's in line for anything. You know, there's guys in the division that are on seven fight win streaks and have beaten a lot of top guys that are in the rankings. You know, um, to be honest with you, you know, I think there's more guys in the division that are more deserving. But at the same time, I mean, I, I understand it. Why would anybody want to fight me? You know, I'm the hybrid of the division. I'm the king of the division. And I dominate each and every opponent that I've ever fought from start to finish. Not even close. So why would anybody really want to fight me when they know that you have no chance of winning? So that's spicy, man. And, and I got to be honest with you. I think if Usman was doing more of that, where he is going on this, uh, you know, that he is the most unstoppable force. Like, this was an easy fight to sell for him as far as him versus Colby. They don't like each other. It's a personal grudge match. I don't know if there's personal beef between Ori Masvidal. I don't think that, that he likes the fact that, that there's been so much, uh, that there's been a lot of dismissiveness uh, in the in the lead up to this and not really acknowledging uh, the business. I think uh, Ori's management has has characterized a fight uh, against Usman as a demotion. Like, if you're a champion, you don't want to hear that stuff. You, you don't want to hear, oh, fight, fighting me and fighting for my championship is a demotion. Uh, you get it. Like, look, this is – I'm sure I'm sure uh, Usman is not blind to the fact that fighting Conor McGregor does much uh, much more to your bank account than fighting him. But you got to keep riding that train, man, like uh, of being the most unstoppable force in the welterweight division. You know, the next coming to GSP, the guy who demolished Tyron Woodley, uh, the guy, the guy who is who's who's you know smashing people in the fifth round. Like it's funny, man. This was a guy that you know the question was the the gas tank, the gas tank, the gas tank. Even on this own show, I whiffed on that, and he he finishes a guy in the final minute of a fight. Um, what else can you say? It's it's a tremendous performance by him. But as far as him versus Masvidal in the near future, um. I would probably guess it's not going to be uh, if we if we had to put forth like you probably won't see Kamaru fight again probably till July right like I don't think he's going to come back for some some quick turnaround I imagine that Masvidal is going to probably fight sometime in the spring um, you know just guessing off with him saying that the whole hands thing I mean you know when Nick Diaz wants to fight maybe that's that's something that that leaps to it and makes it happen a little bit faster but um, if they both fight each other one more time here's the thing. It, it it would be interesting if he does end up fighting Leon Edwards and Leon Edwards does win the championship. That is a natural fight for for Jorge Masvidal because of what happened to them back in Liverpool. Um, but if it doesn't, like Kamara gets another year to 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 put forth this campaign of being the most unstoppable force. You know, maybe that is enough to 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 want to lure Masvidal. Because let's be honest, as we are talking about prize fighting, if you are Kamara Usman and you make the stand that you want to stand uh, that 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 uh, you you, don't, you want to ignore the guy's name. Um, even that that being said, you know, he is also a prize fighter, and in the welterweight division, there's no bigger name right now than him. Um, I guess unless you were to somehow lure, you know, McGregor to a title fight against you, but pff, that just seems stupid. I mean, we're talking about, you know, Conor McGregor versus Khabib doing him versus Kamar Usman. That's a terrible idea. Anyway. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. 
Welcome back, everybody. Fighters Fury here on the ticket. Tobin here with you, recapping UFC 245. Terrence Crawford all the way, also, by the way, yesterday getting a win. TKO victory in the ninth round. Seven straight stoppage wins for Terrence Crawford. He's incredible. Now, there has to be some way that we could find to get Terrence Crawford in the midst with the PBC guys and get him with the, 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 the welterweight contenders that people know. Um, I don't know how that happens. It's uh, it's It sucks for him because uh, he might be the best of, of a lot of them, and in my opinion, is the best of a lot of them. Um, I think Errol Spence has probably closed the gap. Now, obviously, Errol has huge things to get over uh, from his from his car crash and his face getting all busted up and all that. So who knows when we'll see Errol back in. But the problem is, is like all those PVC guys are stuck in this little bubble right now. Um, and Terrence has his, his WBO championship, but it's just so it, it's so hard to get that that buzz around him without uh, them getting this big thing. But look, he is he's in a lot of ways in the same story that we have been in with uh, the heavyweight division, and that we want to get this undisputed championship of of somebody in the welterweight division for the longest time, and we can't because it's it's all it's all just in the same spot, like. You go up and down the, the the main the main division, you know, heavyweight, middleweight, uh, and welterweight. Like the same stories, everything, everywhere. You know, whether it be unable to get the you know the the Char- Charlo's probably like the 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 least egregious out of all of them, uh, but wanted to see him in the mix with all the middleweights who are all pretty much in the zone side of the tracks. Whether it be Anthony Joshua is on the zone, and you have Deontay Wilder doing what he wants to do, they can't get right. Uh, that that one, I mean, those guys have the least excuses amount of because uh, Wild, Wilder doesn't have some huge lockup with anything, but but Craw, you know, with the Crawford thing, it just feels like there's no end in sight. I don't I don't know when we'll get to the point where uh, he's going to be able to jump. Hopefully, it's soon. I hope it's soon because he deserves to have his opportunity to show that he's one of the best fighters on the planet. And though he has a big platform like ESPN, I do fear that. Look at on a night like last night where you have ESPN, they're promoting. They're promoting uh, UFC very heavily. That's a pay-per-view thing. That's probably going to get even more of their uh, their buzz than a Terrence Crawford fight, even though they put on you know Tiafimo Lopez, who was looked fantastic yesterday. Um, they put they put a very good card together. It's not that I'm trying to say that Top Rank's not doing a great job. Top Rank, I mean, Top Rank's got some of the best young talent out there. In a lot of ways, they're doing a cool thing where. You're getting to see guys develop from the start with top rank, and that's a beautiful thing, especially if you're a boxing fan. And Zone's doing some of that too. I don't want to take away their credit. I just feel like, um, you know, I just, the broadcast just isn't quite as good. Their promotion isn't quite as good. <clears throat> with uh, with 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 uh, ESPN, I just feel like, as far as their packaging and and, and their promotion of all their young guys, just do, they just do it a little bit better, and, which is not surprising. I mean, top rank's been in the game forever. Um, as much as I'm not a Bob Arum guy, you, you know, you, you, in a lot of ways have to respect the lineage of, of promoting a fighter and lifting guys up. So anyway, as far as Terrence's win yesterday, it, it, it's absolutely great. I mean, the guy's an absolute monster. Um, but man, you just, you just want to go out there and you want to see him go up against those guys because the thing that pisses me off about it is, um, they just ignore him on those broadcasts, you know, like at least with the the heavyweight division like Anthony Joshua Andy Ruiz the whole thing that was going down this past week at least with that fight you they acknowledged all right 
this is a big fight. Anthony Joshua could come out on top. But even in their own rankings, like, you know, Chris Mannix and, and some of the lists they put out there who's, you know, their their boxing journalist ranker, all that stuff. At least is even with him, he's putting Deontay Wilder atop the heavyweight division. He's not wiping him off the map and just saying, oh, no, 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 there's only two heavyweights on the planet, and it's Andy Ruiz and Anthony Joshua. That's essentially what Fox does. I mean, they, they, they take it, and it's Errol Spence, Keith Thurman, Danny Garcia, Manny Pacquiao, all these guys, and Terrence Crawford is just ignored. And, you know, they're trying to do a whole thing almost where, you know, there's there's talks that PBC is going to have, like, their own championship similar to, like, as if they were the UFC. Um, which, I, you know, like, you poo-poo it, like, immediately because you're just like, oh, really? This is what we need another belt? But honestly, like, what's the difference between there being a PBC belt and a WBC belt? I don't know. Just that we've known one for longer. So... You, you have the right you have the right marketing behind it. You have the right tools behind it. What, who's to say it can't be uh, more representative of a champion than the IBF? Like, really, in all honesty. Um, but it, it's not even just about the belts. Like, I think everybody knows who the guys are at these at, at this point. Like, you know, Deontay Wilder has one belt, and Anthony Joshua has four belts. Who cares? I mean, everybody, I think, right now probably has Deontay Wilder ahead of Anthony Joshua. Um, Tyson Fury has no belts. Some people think that he's better than all of them. Uh, he's he. They, they even put put a, a a title on him as known as the lineal champion, which is not a thing. I mean, it's a thing, but it's not a thing. Like you don't you don't uh, introduce somebody as the lineal champion because he had his 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 title stripped away by the the British boxing world. It's, like, it's not a thing. Um, so uh, in a roundabout way, I just it, it sucks for Terrence that he's in this spot where. He's not only maybe the best 147-pound fighter on the planet, but when these other big fights happen, and they have been good, like when we've done the the Thurmans and the Pacquiao's and when we've done the Errol Spence fights, like they have been good fights, uh, and they've been they've been pretty successful, but they just they just wipe them off the map, and that just it infuriates you as a boxing fan. It infuriates you to see that because he is so damn good. He he is he is he is the truth and. Look, man, uh, you even saw it yesterday. Like, he was uh, in the third round when he gets put on the canvas. Uh, you know, the ref ruled it a slip, but you're like, man, uh, I don't know about that. It looked like Kavakaskis got him. But that's what shows you he's a champion, that he's able to come back, man. That that Those are the types of things where you just see, wow, you're in there in, in, in the midst of a little bit of uh, in a little bit of heat and a little bit of controversy, and you're still able to come out on top. Uh, that just that just exudes the greatness even more that he has uh, that he has for everybody. So, anyway, that was his performance yesterday, Terrence Crawford. Also yesterday, I want to get into a little bit of the featherweight championship of uh, of the of UFC 245 last night, but uh, but I'll hold off on that until next segment. I do want to make a quick note on Amanda Nunes, who was able to get her victory uh, over over Jermaine Duran and me yesterday. Pretty dominant performance, although there was a little bit of shakiness with the up kicks and all that. She was just kind of standing up in the guard and putting herself in position. Uh, I got to be honest, it looked Amanda looked bored at times with that fight. Um, she was having so much success, so I don't know if she was out there looking for something sensational, and, and that's why she was putting herself in that position. But, you know, she is she is absolutely fantastic. I mean, I've always said that it's rare in, it's rare in sports that you have something that has no debate and just has no argument and Amanda Nunes being you know the greatest 
woman fighter of all time. There is no debate. I do like the fact that there's a little bit of buzz about Clarissa Shields, uh, simply because, you know, I know some people get sick of the whole crossover thing. I like it if it makes sense. And the Clarissa Shields thing is cool. Um, but it is interesting. You know, Clarissa Shields is, is an absolute badass, and I know she's going to be fighting for her third title after the whole tragedy that went down in her her last fight where somebody from her camp uh, attacked Habazin's uh, uh, trainer and it was a whole thing. It ended up getting the fight canceled and she was going for like fastest to three titles in boxing history. But, you know, Clarissa Shields does have to look at what Amanda has in the UFC and wonder how the hell she gets that. Because if you're somebody like Clarissa Shields, who I think is, she's charismatic, she's as good as it gets, uh, you watch her train, you're just like, man, you, you just marvel at it. Um, but, you know, boxing with, with women, man, they just never have gotten behind it uh, I, like the, the same way the UFC has. And the UFC was able to get the uh, the machine that was Ronda Rousey to catapult it because, remember, they were Dana was steadfast in not having it. But now that they've had it, I mean, they've headlined pay-per-views, they headlined cards, they've been the highest-rated cards, whether it be like Paige Van Zandt, Michelle Watson, some of the highest-rated cards on Fox, ESPN. So... You know, people do get behind it, but I don't know if I don't know if the culture of boxing can get to that with uh, with 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 the way the UFC does. You know, they make all these cockamamie excuses like, "Well, you guys fight two minutes instead of three minutes." It's like, "Well, all right, but why? Why are they fighting two minutes?" I mean, the, the UFC when they're out there, they're fighting the five five minutes rounds, the three five minute rounds. So, uh, you know, Dana was apparently doing some talking with Clarissa Shields, and Clarissa was positive on the whole arena the atmosphere the pomp and circumstance all that kind of stuff um yes yeah, seeing that crossover would be interesting you know she she does a lot of her training down here uh i've seen Clarissa shields walk into a, a american top team and kind of just gallivant around i'm sure she's kind of sniffed and looking around like all right let's uh let's see this because the only thing that was interesting uh kevin i only made this uh this point in the uh in the press conference is she is a she's 160 pounds uh She's a middleweight fighter. So, you know, the UFC doesn't even have a 155 division. Remember how much of a headache they gave to to give Cyborg a 145 division forever, and they couldn't even fill that. Like, it's not even really a thing, the 145-pound division. But if you could do uh, – if you could get Clarissa Shields in a fight with Amanda Nunes, would Amanda Nunes go to 155 pounds to make that fight happen? Suppose – I mean, if it, if it's a if it's a big money fight, the thing that's the thing that would be interesting though is like how you know how much does that register that you get Amanda Nunes, the greatest woman's mixed martial arts of all time, and Clarissa Shields probably the greatest woman's boxer right now on the planet. How much does that sell? Uh, that's a big thing. But if you're going to talk about other options, I mean, if you're going to talk about the options for Amanda Nunes, I don't know what else there is for her. She's done everything there is to do. So if you're to do that kind of crossover, the thing I would say though, I wouldn't do it in boxing. I mean, if anything, I think I think Clarissa should have to come to UFC to do it. I really do. I think I think I think she's probably already see that the writing is on the wall in boxing for her anyway. You know why not? Because I mean, she is Clarissa is young, right? Man, she is Shields. She is 24 years old. So if you really wanted to get behind it, um. 
man, I, I just I don't think it's it, you definitely have time to work on that project. You definitely do if you're the UFC. I think it's one definitely worth. I think she's worth your while because I think she is a is an absolute star. Um, and I think it would be interesting seeing that combined. But I don't do I don't think Amanda goes to boxing. Like if you're Amanda and you're looking at this and be like, hey man. I'm main evented UFCs, the biggest UFC there is at UFC 200. I've beaten everybody there is to beat. I've beaten Ronda Rousey. I've beaten Chris Cyborg. I'm the bigger deal here. And she's right. Um, you know, when 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 Connor went to Floyd's because Floyd's the bigger star. Floyd Floyd doesn't Floyd doesn't need to have to to go to MMA to fight Conor McGregor. So if you're Amanda, you're like, all right, Clarissa Shields, I'm gonna go to boxing. Really? No, you come you come here. Come here, avoid me, avoid me taking you down, ground and pound, avoid me choking you out. Maybe you hit me with only your bombs. I think that, I think that is uh, is a hundred percent, a hundred percent the way to go if you're Amanda, because, you know, you you've you've done every accomplishment here. Like if I'm, if Clarissa's looking at this side of the tracks and thinks, oh, I'd, I'd like that opponent. Okay, but you got to fight it in MMA. We're back with more after this. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. Welcome back, everybody. Fighters Fury rolls on. Great UFC 245 last night. Very exciting. Although I will say, and I've made this point many a times, three, final, three, three title fights is too much. It's too much, man. Just for the simple fact of what went down last night, though I enjoyed all the fights, uh, you know, Three five-round fights is too much. We're doing like two in the morning last night is the, is the main event ending. It's too much. It gets lost in the shuffle. Rare are the nights that everything lives up to everything. Um, and I'm sure there are people who were like, uh, uh. those eyes were getting pretty heavy. And you're trying to sit through a classic, man. You know, Colby versus Kamara was absolutely awesome. An awesome fight. And you're sitting here like, oh, man, but I had to go through Volkanovski and then Max Holly, which was a good fight. It was a fine fight. Amanda Nunes versus Jermaine Durandamy, kind of lopsided. Um, so you just – it's I just think it's too much. Two title fights is the most you should do. Because the, the, the thing with three title fights is you're almost selling the fact that you just got three title fights. It's not necessarily we got three title fights you care about. Like, uh, on its surface, how many people probably bought that card last night to watch Amanda Nunes versus Jermaine Durant? I mean, probably not many. Max Holloway versus Alexander Volkanovsky, a little bit more. So it just feels like you, you're probably just better served. Like, why not just have Amanda Nunes defend the title on an ESPN Plus card or 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 Max Holloway defend? Like, I would put it at maybe like a, a New Year's Eve special, something like that. But it's like you're doing this. The three title fights, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of that. I'm not a fan, um, but it was a good night. It was a good night. It ended up being a good night, but it's just I feel like it can make it so much better if you just lopped one of them off, put it somewhere else for another pay-per-view or another headline. Uh, I think I think John Anik said last night that they had a pay-per-view card with five main event fights, uh, which I think he's right about. I think that that, that all those all those fights last night were if you got Jose Aldo's debut. At a uh, jo- Jose Aldo's debut at bantamweight, which by the way he got he got screwed hard last night. Um, he got screwed hard last night against Marlon Marias. 
a lot of people making the uh, you know were scared for Jose Aldo bantamweight, and I think you know he he handled it quite fine. I think he shut a lot of people up. I think he really did. Um, it'll be interesting to see because I think uh, Henry Cejudo said afterwards that he wants to fight Jose Aldo. That he thought it was a bold leap decision. Uh, and Dana White decided that Henry's this is always funny with Dana White when he decides when the champion has pull when the champion doesn't have pull he goes listen Cejudo's the man right now so uh if he wants to fight Jose Aldo he fights Jose Aldo now Peter Jan's probably got to be thinking he'd be like you bleeping I literally just knocked out a UFC Hall of Famer in the octagon and that was vicious uh so he has to be thinking to himself what do I have to do to get to what, what do I have to do for the man to like me what do I have to do Dana I mean, literally, the only active UFC Hall of Famer to ever fight in the octagon, and I just head-kicked him to smithereens. What do I got to do? Um, but Peter Yan, uh, looks like you're going to get passed up for Jose Aldo, who lost his fight. Weird as it is. Uh, that's what's, that's what's going to go down. Um, also yesterday, I got a, lot, I got a couple of uh, tweets about this, about uh, Chase Hooper. We had Chase Hooper in studio probably half a year ago. We had him in. He was going to fight on... The he was fighting on Titan FC. I'm trying to remember if it was the Dana White looking for a fight weekend or when we had him on. I can't quite remember. No, no, no. I think it was. I think it was a little bit later than that. Uh, he's he's incredible, dude. That that guy. I know. I know. I saw the meme yesterday of the the guy looking like Screech with the with the old uh, wrestling onesie on. He's an absolute badass, dude. Now he's as chill as it gets. He's as chill as it gets. That's what you get when you get that Pacific Northwest uh, attitude, just kind of waltzing on in, but. He's vicious, man. That dude. That dude's the. That dude seems like the real deal. So, keep keep a lookout for for Chase Hooper. Uh, I think I think you're going to be very impressed with him. He he looks he looks absolutely dynamic. Uh, seeing him in Titan and I seen him uh, last night. Uh, he he looks absolutely uh, legit yesterday with his win. Um, but I haven't talked about the featherweight championship. So Alexander Volkanovsky. I had a bad way. By the way, I had a bad show last week as far as picks were concerned i sucked i sucked i said a man who was going to steamroll jermaine duran to me she beat her she dominated she was lopsided but i didn't think i thought she was going to steamroll her like first round done max holloway versus volkanovsky same way i thought i thought max holloway was gonna was gonna make easy work of volkanovsky uh and that was far from the case he ended up winning a unanimous decision 48 47 on two cards 50 45 and you know Max started coming on late. I'm more in line with the 48-47. I think that's where it belongs. 50-45, that seems a little ridiculous to me. I don't think that Volkanovski pitched a shutout in that fight. But he did have a sound game plan. I thought that he, that he chopped the tree down. And, you know, it was funny. It's one of these things where I, I don't think you – I don't know what it is, but it's like you watch Alexander Volkanovski, and I felt like watching him I – I know a lot was made of – Oh, well, he used to be 245 pounds. He used to be an Australian rules football player. Um, but there's something about watching Volkanovski. And, like, you watch him against Mendez and Aldo, he didn't look that big. And then you watch him against Max Holloway, you're like, yeah, he's not that much smaller than Max Holloway. Um, like, Joe, Joe, Joe Rogan made this point yesterday where he goes, well, I don't care what the reach says. The, the Max Holloway has a bigger reach than Volkanovski. And it's like, well... Because because Max has bigger legs, it's like well I get what you're saying there. If Max kicks, but Max doesn't kick, so I you know I don't know why you're dismissing that so much. I mean Volkanovski walked in there with those those big old arms, but the big the big story of it was those leg kicks. I mean he 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 chopped at the tree that was Max Holloway, uh, made Max Holloway fight southpaw for the majority of the fight. 
um, made him very uncomfortable. Max did start coming on late in the in the later rounds, but um, it, it felt like Volkanovski put too much in the bank in the early going to not get that fight. I know Max was upset about it. He thought he won the fight. I didn't think he won the fight. I don't think anybody thought he won the fight. They are going to probably do an immediate rematch, which seems like the right decision. Max has reigned over the featherweight division for a long time, but um, from Max's standpoint, you know, he is at this point where he's lost now two out of three, uh, where after he win one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, twelve fights straight, and now you've lost two out of three. One of them was that lightweight to Dustin Poirier, he's an absolute monster, um, but this is the first time he's tasted a loss at featherweight since Conor McGregor in 2013 that's pretty crazy that's a crazy crazy run at featherweight for max holloway the greatest uh featherweight champion of all time arguably um it'll be interesting you know, the thing that'll be interesting with max in a rematch against uh volkanovsky i'm trying to see like max hasn't had he's had two rematches in his career he's fought dustin poirier twice lost both times pretty soundly and he lost, and he's beaten up Jose Aldo twice. Those are the rematches in his career. Um, now, a lot of people say that he beat uh, a little bit of a weather Jose Aldo, uh, that he beat the Jose Aldo after got after Jose got knocked out by Conor McGregor. So it's not uh, it's not the same guy that was at the time the greatest featherweight champ of all time. But he put it on him. He put it on him. He put it on Brian Ortega, who was lighting up the world. He's beating Anthony Pettis. He's beating Ricardo Lamas, Jeremy Stevens, Charles Oliveira, Cub Swanson, Cole Miller. Like, it, it's hard. It's it, Frankie Edgar. It's it's hard to put any holes into Max Holloway's resume. He is an all-timer. He's an all-timer. Uh, Volkanovski, it'll be interesting. I, I do feel like Max was starting to figure some stuff out in the later parts of that fight. So I would be curious in a rematch if he if he holds up a little bit better than in the in the early goings of this fight. You know, if he just took for granted the leg kicks, if he could find a better way to adjust to that, uh, maybe a little bit more movement. But Volkanovski was fast, man. Volkanovski was fast. He was strong. Um, did feel like he was petering out a little bit as the fight was going on and, and was getting to those later rounds. But, um, but a great performance by him. It was a great game plan. One way or another. I wouldn't put it past Max Holloway, though, to come back. I don't feel like he's over the hill. I don't feel like he's he's washed uh, if all these weight cuts have, have taken their toll. Because, look, I don't think the plan for Max Holloway, and mind you, he's, 20, he's 28 years old. He just turned 28. I don't think the plan, though, for Max Holloway was to be still fighting at featherweight probably at this point. I think that he fought Dustin Poirier with the plan that he wanted to go to lightweight and be a factor at lightweight that he wanted to go out there and be a guy who was going to start fighting 155 pounds. He had some weight-cutting issues in his career. So those weight cuts, especially for a big guy like Max, getting down there, um, you know, maybe he looks at this and is like, eh, maybe I want to do some new challenges. Maybe I want to throw my hat back in the ring at 155. Um, maybe he starts and goes and chases the Conor, McGreg uh, Conor McGregor rematch. I think that could definitely do some big business. Uh, it'll be interesting, but... For right now, it looks like the front runner is he's going to fight Volkanovski again, probably in Australia, which is uh, look that part of the world has been rocking out the champions, man. Uh, they have two two in that camp. They have uh, Israel Adesanya and Volkanovski, both in the same place. That's uh, that's pretty crazy. Same gym, uh, in that in that in that part of the world. So good performance, man. But uh, but obviously, listen. Last night the story was Kamara Usman. I thought that 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 finish by him was absolutely tremendous. Um, 
he's solidifying himself as as one of the as as one of the baddest men on the planet for sure. Uh, I don't want to go baddest mother bleeper. I saw that Nate Diaz tweeted out during the fight last night. By the way, that uh, I, I created my own division, uh, and then he put like a deuces emoji. He's out. So I don't know what that means. I think he just wanted to let everybody know. I, I the thing is, so crazy though is I don't know why Nate would be upset. I thought I think that that would be a fight that he would like. Like last night was not. Um, you know, ground and and get the clock out. That was the one thing. Like those guys, they they hammered down, man. That was that was a, that was those were big shots back and forth. So, for all the criticism that those two individuals took from Jorge Masvidal and Nate Diaz of being, you know, grab your leg, sniff the crotch, and run out the clock, guys. That's not how they fought that fight. That that fight was stand and bang. Um, is it, you know, is it the level of striking if you were to fight a guy like Jorge Masvidal? Maybe not. So maybe in those situations, they are going to go and take you down. But for two guys that had the wrestling pedigrees these guys did, it equated to they're going to stand there for 25 minutes and wail on each other. It was an entertaining fight. So stylistically, I don't know why anybody would complain about it, uh, from, from, uh, the, the standpoint of two wrestlers, but, uh, but Usman is, uh, It'll be interesting to see what happens with Colby now. Colby's done. Uh, he did his little uh, retirement threat where he said, uh, you know, maybe he'll go to WWE if he doesn't get a pay raise. I, I I feel like you have to win because I feel like first of all, I feel like Colby Covington's threatened to quit the UFC uh, multiple times or or hold out, and they've called his bluff every time. They've stripped him of his interim title. They've stripped him of his title shots. Like they've called his bluff a hundred times on this stuff. And he always seems to end up taking the fight at the, at the end of it. So, no, I don't think he's going anywhere. I think we'll see Colby Covington fight again. He's Look, all the Trump stuff aside, uh, I know that, that drives everybody bananas about it. Uh, the guy's a good fighter, and he fought with a broken jaw for two rounds yesterday. Uh, he's, he's really, really good. He's really good. Um, and he did the heel move where he runs out of the octagon. That... That's what he should do if he's trying to make everybody hate him. You think he should be a good sport? Now you're going to start being a good sport? No. You 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 stay in the lane, you continue to be a bleep hole, and you run away, and you call the referee a cheat. That's what you do if you're supposed to be the bad guy. And if he wants to have this future in WWE, if you have everybody chanting, Colby sucks, that's what you do. So... He fought a good fight, though, yesterday, man. You know, it was it was a really, really closely contested fight. Really closely contested. And, you know, I the way he was going in that fifth round, that's why it was such an important closeout for Kamara the way he won and won way and won, the way he went and won that fight. Great fight by those guys, man. Great night of fights. UFC two forty five was super enjoyable. Thanks everybody who listened to the show. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow, six to ten AM, back at the saddle for the whole week. And everybody enjoy the rest of their Sunday.